0: Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President?
1: Yeah, I'm not confident he'll change his behavior. What do you do
0: all the time? But given his past behavior has not changed, and in that press conference, after sitting down with you for several hours, he denied any involvement in cyber attacks, he downplayed human rights abuses, he even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as president? If
2: you don't understand that, you're in your own business. Democrats are set to take control of the U.S. Senate, House, and the White House. This will go down as one of the most progressive administrations in American history. God willing, everything is on the table.
1: You now can pass
3: things without a filibuster threat. Oh,
0: you'll regret this, and you may regret it a lot sooner than you think.
1: You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth. Or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness.
4: Welcome, good Thursday, everybody, to the Ruthless Variety program. Our president, I believe,
3: is taking direct shots at the Fourth Estate. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I am chilled. This is (laughs) shocking. This is a direct attack on the First Amendment. This is a direct attack on the free press. I stand with Caitlin Collins. (laughs) This is unbelievable. Overseas... This guy, you know, uh, our our unfortunately ice cream, uh, you know, old man, the general in chief uh, and pudding, you know, uh, attacks journalists for doing their job. Democracy dies in darkness and he is demanding, you know, they they, they are no longer critical of him. So I stand with Caitlin Collins. You, You heard that, folks. You heard that. He's like, hey, man, why aren't you doing your job? You, you know,
5: you're in the wrong line of work. You're in the
3: wrong line of work.
5: Wow. You're, you should be in the propaganda business. After a summit with Vladimir Putin, well, he, or less.
4: He, here's the thing, though, fellas, is that this is a, much more common than you think. You, you hear it from Biden now maybe for the first time because it's on an international stage. But this is what Nancy Pelosi does, I don't know, once a quarter when mm-hmm. she's on uh, CNN or something and somebody asks a real question. Like The fact of the matter is most Democrats believe that it's the job of journalists— to just be stenographers for what they have to say, right? So, like, Joe Biden is just absolutely incredulous about the idea that Caitlin Collins has flown overseas and is thinking about asking him a question, questioning whether or not he actually extracted anything from Vladimir Putin.
3: I mean, it's—honestly, for any journalist, this is, like, question number one. This is the first question you should be asking if you're an actual journalist. Yeah so you know congrats to caitlin collins for being you know one of the few in the proud remaining in this press corps and for him to react like that like can you can anyone fathom what would happen if, if trump told well a we journal, know
5: Do you, yeah Do Do you know. Know? it's 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 back to your point holmes it's you know democrats are not used used to having an adversarial press and and and, and uh biden in his comments after the, that whole exchange with Caitlin Collins, said, uh, and this is a quote: "Look, to be a good reporter, you got to be negative. You got to have a negative view of life. That's what he <laughs> said. That's what Biden said. It, it, it's just it encapsulates exactly what you're saying: is that they're so not used to having an adversarial press. They want stenographers, especially when they're in you know their press room and they got Jen Saki out there."
3: And they're just, like, fawning and being like, oh, we're so happy. Even though our ratings are down 50%, you know, we all worked to make sure that Joe Biden was elected. You know, please tell us things to run with. Give us the narrative that we should publish. And you see them in that room. And, um, oh, goodness, what's the name of that yeah, the, the, the young guy from Fox News? He's the only one who actually does Oh, Ducey. Ducey. Yeah, Ducey. Peter Ducey. He's the only guy, you know, shout out Ducey. He's the only guy who actually does his job yeah. and asks, like, a legitimate journalistic question. And and everyone's like, Wow, Deucey, wh- what's wrong with you, man? It's it's not become a press corps you know, the idea that journalists are supposed to shine light and uh you know, what is it, provide comfort to the weak and and hardship to the powerful or whatever? Challenge
5: challenge power. And and yeah. there it's none of these folks. So do you in look at somebody immediately you read the replies to this and all those resistance libs who Oh, yeah. You know, for four years, we're denouncing, you know, Trump, you know, calling, you know, Jim Acosta fake news. Are now in the replies of all these being like, Caitlin Collins needs to apologize. Her question was out of line. (laughs) So stunning. You know, it's it's incredible. (laughs) It it, it tells you these people believe nothing. And I think they
3: should be treated as such. That's how they
4: built their audience. We talk about this all the time. What they will find, and what unfortunately CNN's about to find out, is that. Everyone who is currently a viewer and a follower of, of their journalism expects them to be stenographers. Right. They don't expect an actual—they don't They don't want to know, right? They right. just want to know that Biden is the best thing on the face of right. the planet and the Republicans are insurrectionists.
5: And, and, the, and the funniest thing is, Holmes, is, is I think we believe in journalism as an institution yeah, they a don't. lot more than they do. They don't. That, like, an adversarial press is, like, actually good and healthy for democracy, you know, Well, yeah,
4: if you talk to, if you talk to your average reporter and I occasionally still do, but if you talk to your average reporter, what they'll tell you is it's much easier to deal with Republicans than it is Democrats because Republicans expect that you're coming at them all the time. Right. When you actually ask a question like Caitlin did of the president, uh, they hate it. Yeah, man, they go nuts. And I just remember Mm -hmm. vividly Nancy Pelosi the last two times that she's been on CNN dude, or something. Dude, when she was on with Wolf Blitzer. Oh, my
5: God. <laughs> Train
4: wreck. Just melted her right to yes. the core because she couldn't believe anybody would ask a serious question. Right. I think she's just like, why are you reading Republican talking points? <laughs> it's like, dude, come on, man. Oh, man. Come on. Well, anyway, uh, look, the G7, the Putin meeting. I will make this observation. Um it's got to be nice to be Joe Biden in terms of the, the the latitude that you get to sort of set the conversation. You know, remember when Trump went and met with Putin, and there was like, "What did you say about the election fraud? Right, yeah, election right, hack? Right. What did you? Yeah, what did? Right. What? Release what, what,
5: what, what, the transcripts? Yeah, right. Yeah. Release
4: the transcripts. Remember that? Oh my gosh, I right. forgot about release the transcripts. He can kind of like set the agenda. What he wants to talk about. They're like,
3: "Oh, he's going to talk about this. He's and gonna and, talk and about this is that. the thing. You know? So like. You know, we know that was all a hoax. It was, it was absolute garbage. The, the, the source of this is basically when Hillary lost, uh, Neera Tannen was like, well, I mean, we can't just, like, go out like that. we got to find somebody to blame. Like, I, I was promised my entire life if I support you, Hillary, I'm going to be White House Chief of Staff. Who's the problem here? Let's create some, like, fake Cold War BS. So they create the Russia hoax, essentially and all the broken brain libs think that this country which is what they still Russia is what like the 17th on the planet by GDP they think uh, this is some like you know uh, absolute threat to the United States while China's just like you know running amok doing whatever it wants anyways so th- during tr- president trump's time when he he puts he puts missile batteries back in eastern europe right. to keep putin in check yeah right. they hate right? that right uh, right when, when when he he, atta-
5: he attacked those he bombed those uh, Russian planes and the air bases. bases yeah. yeah, right. Bingo. We take out Soleimani, Iran, an ally of Russia. Absolutely. Right, but none of that matters. Smokes them. What, what matters is that America's back because Biden's there.
3: And and meanwhile, you have Joe Biden who's like, I will shut down the pipelines <laughs> in my country. Right. I am going to like endorse you having your pipelines so that you can you can you can turn Europe into your energy monopoly. Uh and where are these where are these libs? Where where Dude, well, smug,
5: smug had this incredible tweet and and I don't know if he wants to mention it but Go for I it. I will mention it for him because it was incredible. Jennifer Jacobs uh tweeted out that among the gifts Biden gave Putin a pair of custom aviators made by Randolph USA per White House. And smug quote tweeted it and he's like it's not as nice as a multi-billion dollar pipeline he gave him last month <laughs> but it's a nice touch that's the thing and it's just per- it's just perfect that's dude. the thing is is
3: we've we have dealt with years of the media being essentially an arm of the DNC right where they're like oh my goodness like I remember Time magazine had this cover of like they thought it was the Kremlin but it's actually just like onion domes in Russia because that's how journalists today are, are they're not the sharpest knives in the drawer. And they're like, "Wow, Russia's taking over America under Trump." <laughs> he was one of the hardest presidents we have fighting Russia. That's counting the Cold War, right? He was putting missile batteries in Eastern Europe, keeping them in check. He smoked Soleimani. <laughs> I mean, we're talking smoke. There are pieces of that dude everywhere, <laughs> right? Right. And, and who? And Soleimani was a huge friend to Russia. And meanwhile, now you have you have Biden, who's like. Oh well, you know Russians hack our, uh, you know, gasoline infrastructure. Oh well, you know we'll shut down our pipeline. We'll let them have a pipeline. And, and, and here's you, some aviators. Yeah. yeah, here's some aviators. Thank you so much. I will say on no the mean avi- tweets. No mean tweets. No, so. mean, no tweets. mean tweets. Okay.
4: On the aviator front is a, a hilarious personal side note. I got my dad for Christmas these just awesome aviator, like the classic Ray Ban. Oh know, yeah, like because yeah. I I knew he would look great in these things. Got him. And he's pretty excited about him. All of a sudden, you know, Biden gets inaugurated, and and this guy's just like wearing these aviators at all times. My dad shows up uh, uh, last week, and he's wearing a different pair of sunglasses. And I'm like, what happened to the aviators, Dad? These are like, those are, they look great on you. He's like, I can't wear them, pal. Like, what? That's awesome. Like, why why can't you wear them? Man, that's awesome. Because I'm an 80 year old guy. If I wear them, everybody's going to call me Joe Biden. I'm not going to put up (laughs) with that. (laughs) Awesome. I'm not awesome. gonna put up with that. <laughs> I love it. That's Based great. Jim Holmes, a uh, a Democrat. What a patriot! A lifelong Democrat who is now uh, decidedly not so. You know? That's great. <laughs> All right, so we got to get to
3: five minutes with Fold. We have a special. You know, we do this every so often. Yeah. So and there's we- this for folks at home who don't know. There's a journalist. A lot of people are saying, you know, Pulitzer Prize worthy. Whatever. We'll we'll let the audience decide. There's this gentleman, Matthew Foldy, from, uh, you know, uh, Washington Free Beacon, highly respected publication, and he's been doing the work that most journalists don't, and that's called investigative journalism, and he's uncovered a lot of improprietary, uh, you know, a a lot of very crooked business when it comes to this green company, Proterra, and uh, let's bring him on the show to tell you folks the details. What's the update, pal?
2: Fellas, it's great to be back on talking about green energy grift. Since we last spoke, Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm is now $1.6 million richer than she was uh, just a month ago. Yeah, She sold 240,000 shares of non-public stock in this company called Proterra, which makes uh, electric vehicle batteries. She sat on its board for several years, and the Biden administration, as we spoke about last time, has repeatedly boosted this event while she was one a massive... Sh- uh, owner of its stock
3: so to take a step back there's this company Proterra mm-hmm. that creates like uh, electric batteries and, and, and such and we had our energy secretary right yeah. who had a stake in this company and, 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 and has a, a tremendous voice in our energy policy she's got a stake in this company so what do you think an individual like that would, would, would push for I mean whatever would make her rich so you know Kudos to you, Foldy, because he puts this story out there, and she's forced to like, uh, you know, sell her steak. Yeah, you got a yeah, scalp, she, pal. Right? Yeah, and, that's she, and, and she, a
5: pelt. She she sold uh, the stock um, a couple of days after you came on the program last time. I think.
4: I feel like I feel like this is. Hold on, we need to bring the audience on we've got smug coaching foldy on how to wear headphones yeah i mean it's, is, it's it's right. great. this is a given folks.
3: look it's Young great to foldy. be here in your new they studio
0: the left you I, I don't fantastic. have as much practice yeah. being it's, here as you, guys you guys got
4: do. i wish i would at some
3: point we're going to implement video you, you have to see what's happening the coaching was really terrific smug right. is a gentleman we try to have like absolute prime sound quality but could so so Foldy
2: <laughs> so, he, uncovers right this, right like, and then and then two thing. days later she had to sell it. It was almost right.
5: immediately after we discussed it on this program, dude. Yeah. So, how much do you think you actually cost her, though, by, by the fact that she couldn't she lost so, so much money IPO? on being exposed? Oh, that's a great question. Right? Like, how or, much do you think she lost? If, if this thing would have went, if it goes it public, it's going to triple. Yeah. And right? it was pre-IPO. Yeah.
2: It was it was before it, it debuted on oh. the Nasdaq this week. Lit. Ooh, having she, to sell She pre-IPO. missed out on millions of dollars. Yes. We're working on calculating. Dude, her, if we kid, can, her kids easy. are coming after you. Oh yeah.
5: What a <laughs> scalp, pal! That's good, a good for one. you, young. But Foldy. it's not
2: only Grantholm who's making tons of money from this company. And I asked the Energy Department in the White House, who is this undisclosed private buyer she sold it to? Because yeah. she sold before oh. it was public. We have no idea who she sold two hundred forty thousand. Really? Oh, Noah.
4: interesting.
2: They have been. It's How been shady is Wait, that? Wait, do they have no
4: obligation to disclose that?
2: Not in the moment. I mean, I asked. I asked the Energy Department in the White House, who is this non-disclosed private buyer she sold? Hundreds of thousands of shares to weeks before the company debuts on the
3: Nasdaq. I I've heard absolutely that information should be public. Yeah, the Energy Secretary sold her private listing shares to someone who who we don't know. We don't know who bought them.
5: Dude, we don't even have to be a person. She sold them to to some sort of Formulated LLC. I mean, who the hell knows? I mean, she theoretically could have sold it to her husband. Right. right.
2: Wow. We We do not know, but it's not just Granholm who's poised. To make millions and millions of dollars from Proterra and from the Biden administration's green energy initiatives more broadly, I reported earlier this week that one of the earliest investors in Proterra is none other than Al Gore. Oh, whoa! Uh, I mean, this guy's been in the game grifting off green for a minute.
4: Guys, I mean. here's the thing about Democrats and energy. Yeah. Right. The thing about like Republicans have always been for an all of the above energy portfolio, right? The little bit of everything. We want to make sure that we're more than anything independent from other countries and our sources of energy. And we can kind of like, you know, be on our own. What Democrats have done literally since I have been involved in politics is try to figure out how to become invested in companies Mm -hmm. that they then, when they get power, promote, not just in the typical way that we're talking about with you, Foldy, in terms of going to events and talking about this, but they actually create tax credits they create federal funding oh, yeah. mechanisms. They create new, they literally create new uh, programs to try to support all of these things that they themselves and their donors have invested in while they were out of power. It's truly unbelievable. Well, that's the thing
3: is, like, I saw someone point this out with, with statistics. The Green New Deal would be the greatest transfer of wealth from the poor to the rich. In American history, because who's making the money is like you know folks like Grant Holm and Al Gore at the top who have an equity stake in these like quote green companies, and who's losing out is like you know uh, all the West Virginia coal miners who were told by journalists learn to code. This is this isn't this isn't about being sustainable. This isn't about ideology. This is about no, it's money. cash money. Mind, it's the story you,
5: of Cylindra. Mind you, the biggest polluter in the world is who? China, China, who has a virtual monopoly on the rare earth to create these batteries. Yep. China. 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 Right. China. Right. Wow.
4: Wow. Oh, wow. Amazing. Uh, it's not so good. How did that work <laughs> out? It's not so good. <laughs> Holmes,
2: I, I, I want to point out how right you are here in terms of what happened with Proterra specifically, because I think it's it's good to point out, broadly speaking, that that's the case. But with Proterra, Al Gore was on the phone directly with Biden last month. And Al Gore, who is not a lobbyist, Was reported to be speaking with the president about the importance of not decoupling climate and infrastructure.
4: No, three weeks
2: before Proterra, in which his firm that he founded after losing the 2000 election uh, helped raise 55 million dollars. No way. And you know his firm is still invested. It's on their website. Proterra is listed under our clients. So he spoke with Biden. He spoke with Biden's top aide, Steve Rischetti. That's exactly what you're talking about. Wow. And yeah, we reported this. We so care about it on the program. We care about so, it at the Free Beacon. So
5: basically, he's an unregistered lobbyist for a company in which he's invested in, and he's pushing the Biden administration to keep this as part but of the But this is what they do. Right. And
4: then oftentimes, what they do is send one of their own into the government itself to actually implement it, right? right? In this case, it's Granholm. If you remember back, and I'm going to forget the names. We should probably do the research at it uh, on it at a separate time. But in the Cylindric case, it was exactly the same situation. There were investors. They sent one of their yeah, own into the man. government, yeah, right? right? It became a big thing. All of a sudden, the house of cards fell. But it's like all of this is a very well thought through economic development project that liberals have had for generations. Oh. It's incredible.
3: It's just like flat corrupt. That's what corruption and is. The, and the thing is, is. Unless we brought you here, Foldy, no one would Nobody know. Nobody would know. It. No, truly, it's astonishing. Pulitzer. Outstanding work. Foldy, Foldy deserves a Pulitzer for it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Fellas, I look forward to coming back.
2: Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Thanks Foldy. so much.
3: I, I can appreciate, for one, uh,
4: how your pronunciation of Pulitzer is just, it's is it, got like the, the proper.
5: It's got a gravitas, it, yeah. really.
4: Yeah, it's the smug's got. A little something extra to it. I think in well, tweets.
5: Well some, we, some we, say pu- Pulitzer. Yeah,
4: no, I, I think it, I think it's probably in its native You've tongue. Got cicada. Cicada. <laughs> We're gonna I think we should create some journal awards that we call like the, the, the grummies, like the Grammys.
3: It's like the, the grummies. Yeah, I mean honestly at this point we are like the last fashion of journalism, so awarding
4: We're
3: awarding like, certain journalists like Matthew Foley
4: the, the uh the awards that they're due. Absolutely. I mean, it's real reporting. That's real, I like really that. good stuff. I like
5: that. I think also maybe like an award for the worst journalism. Yeah, where, that too. Where you do like the opposite of the poll, so you do like a full of shit, sir. You know? <laughs> nice. Something like that. Nice. Um, I think that would be good. I like it. All
4: right. We have to think this through, but I think it's all good. couple of things we have to also uh,
3: mention. Yeah. One of the things I wanted, especially Holmes, to get into, so we had – uh, Senator Durbin just equated ending the filibuster to storming the beaches of Normandy on D-Day, running straight into enemy fire. I mean, I.
4: <clears throat> how do you? First of all, this is this is a this is a Senate procedure, mm-hmm. uh, which in no way, as strongly as I feel about the filibuster, should never in any way be equated to anything in World War II, let alone yeah. like maybe the most heroic moment that this country has ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean,
4: right. I mean, it's unbelievable. But but this is a guy in particular with Dick Durbin, who was perhaps the most outspoken defender of the filibuster right up until they lost until they won the majority. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So so right. this guy said back and I'm looking at it in 2019, I think said the filibuster would end the senate as we know it yeah it would end it now it's d-day i mean it's incredible how does anybody take these people seriously it's the most blind partisan nonsense of all time
5: well so um even even before they were filibustering You know, Tim Scott's police reform bill, which
3: no one should forget. Right. Always remember that. The Democrats months ago, COVID
5: relief when when Trump was president, you know, uh, Harry Reid, who now says we got to get rid of the filibuster. Harry Reid led a war room when George W. Bush was president to preserve the filibuster. Yes. Saying it was as American as as the flag an apple pie. The filibuster preserves minority rights in the Senate. It's key to building consensus. But now, getting rid of it is storming the beaches of Normandy.
4: I mean, I don't know how you can ever make that comparison. This is the same guy. I remember years ago him making just absolutely ridiculous comparisons to Nazi Germany about some issue. He, he's been in trouble in the rhetorical business <laughs> for, for a long time. <laughs> Seriously, for a long yeah. time, Seriously. right? So, but, but how can you be undisciplined enough and partisan enough to have that sort of 180 right. in the course of like 72 months when the only thing that's changed is who holds the majority. Right. You know, uh, I, these people are so dishonest. They are so dishonest. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> it is. And it, it, it's amazing to me that we actually have to have a public conversation about this. You know, we talked a little bit on the program last week about how when Democrats defy their leadership, they are t- beaten down. Right. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are just absolutely perfect example. Right. When Republicans do it, they're heroes, absolute heroes. Mm -hmm. But the same is true of the issue selection that we're talking about, too. If you look at the filibuster, that was sacrosanct. Right. When Republicans held the majority, Mm -hmm. it was sacrosanct. You couldn't even discuss the idea of getting rid of the filibuster. And frankly, Republicans didn't want to because they have some institutional integrity and pride. To begin with, soon as Democrats get their hands on power,
3: they start calling it filibuster reform. Oh yes. Oh, it's reform. I mean, they're on the move. They like they know they want total control. They want to federalize elections, you know, they want to pack the Supreme Court. And and, and they can't pass any of their Looney Tunes things without being like, Okay, we can have zero opposition. Look what they're doing in Manchin. It's incredible. These are not people who, 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 who tolerate dissent.
5: Well, well, I actually sort of selfishly kind of enjoy this now. I got to be honest with you because...
4: Oh, they're making their bed.
5: Well, you know, I mean, number one, there's a ticking clock to all this. this. Right? Yeah. Every day that passes, they want to eliminate the filibuster more. But as far as like the legislative calendar works, as we all know, and for our listeners who don't know... Um, every day that passes is less time for them to actually extract value out of removing the filibuster before everyone's going to be thinking about the midterms. And, and and if they lose the house, what the fuck did they do it for?
3: I know. It. That's why I think they are so heavily into this is they want that one-two punch. They want to get rid of the filibuster, but to make sure they never have to deal with with opposition. Well, that's why they well, want to federalize That's why they want to
5: one Well, they said as
4: right. much, right? AOC said basically it's not enough to hope that you win elections, that you actually have to pass this legislation in order gave to be the sure. game away. Gave
3: the game yeah, away. Gave that's it. what
4: this is about. Which, by the way, they're dealing with next week. S1 goes on the calendar next week. They're dealing with it in the Senate. But, I mean, I think, first of all, Senate Republicans have done an absolutely terrific job, as have the Minions, frankly, who've absolutely. been just jumping up and down on this making sure that that's about as unpopular as cancer, uh, which it is. But <clears throat> but there is, look, there's a hidden genius to what you're talking about with the clock. Right. right. And like when you're in the minority, if you've got an astute minority leader, as Mitch McConnell is, they got a big hanging clock in their office. And that's the only thing you're watching, right? You gotta figure out how is it that you can delay the worst parts of this agenda.
5: And and and, and this isn't a partisan thing. I mean, no. Democrats did the exact same thing with all of Trump's appointees and and all the nominations, you know, making us, you know, uh hold cloture votes on everyone. They were trying to run out the clock too. This isn't a thing that we somehow came up with, but it's just something you do when you're in the minority.
4: It's something you do. And so, you know, look, they're they're working their way through this stuff, but S1 is on the dock it next week. Everybody should tune in to Eyes
3: on the prize, folks. Yeah. Yep.
4: We can Keep talk a little bit more about that. But we also have Father's Day coming up. Yeah. We got Father's Day coming up and I'm a dad, I want some gear. Um frankly, ruthless gear.
5: Okay.
3: How, so how does that work like, you know, especially uh when you got kids? I'm a kid. Like I I relied on my older sisters to make the call and like what am I contributing to? You you have, you have low expectations. At what point, at what point is Bell. the dad that, like, you know, wife? Like, here's what I'm after. You know what you you end up
4: asking for, and I think I think Ashbrook is a long time dad on our team will appreciate this uniquely, is that you end up just asking for like
5: time. I just want a day to watch golf. I
4: just want, <laughs> I want time. That's it. Don't buy me anything. Just Nothing. give me a, a, a like six hours by myself. I want gym, I want I
5: want six hours of Jim Nance. and a nap on the couch that's (laughs) all i want if i could get that i'd be the happiest man in show business yeah that's an elusive gift it is and you know you know father's day is an elusive gift in in our current climate i think overall (laughs) i mean i'm
3: shocked like you know with the current language that the the dems are pushing they're like it's not mother's day it's birthing people right birthing
5: people's day this may be our last father's day folks yeah
4: well, I read. I read that there was a school board that removed all holiday names from their calendar uh, to be more inclusive and oh, equitable. Good
3: God, I can only imagine the nightmare that is. <laughs> we can't have Father's Day; it's Inseminator's Day, folks.
5: <laughs> inseminator's <It's> <laughs> Day, <laughs> yeah. right? unbelievable! And
3: we're celebrating Birthing People's Day in May. <laughs> Let's try to be inclusive. Well, you got to be non-binary about it, you know. You can't. It's unbelievable. Like this is where we are. Is like you know the holiday birds are racist. The holidays are named incorrectly. <laughs> School boards. That's what's shocking. Is like these are tax dollars going to these people being nut jobs.
4: Now you got to be. I mean, that's where it becomes concerning. The rest of it's sort of humorous, but the fact that they're trying to teach our kids this is just absolutely alarming. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Totally alarming. So, but we it got us to thinking like. If we can't celebrate holidays, well, screw that. Let's we're gonna we ce- we're always gonna celebrate all always. the holidays. But if you could add a holiday, if you could add one, just like blue sky. What do you celebrate, Smug?
3: I mean, well, uh, it's a great question. Number one, uh, you know, some of our listeners might be too young to remember, but uh, when when President Barack Hussein Obama was president, he canceled Christmas. It was like not allowed. <laughs> It was a very dark time in our history. We had to be in secret celebrating Christmas. Christmas is, you know, honestly, personally, it's my, it's my favorite holiday. Great holiday. You got lights, you got, you got eggnog, you got gifts. I'd probably go for, like, a, like a Christmas 2. Like, uh, you know, keep that rolling for, 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 for beyond the 25th. I love it if there's, year. No, there's no Christian connection. <laughs> Christmas 2. You know. Like yeah, yeah, like, if, like like Jesus uh, I mean no one's working
5: no do you do it after New Year's?
3: I mean no one's working from the 25th to the 1st. Right. Let's be serious, so it, right? Yeah. So New Draw Year's is again? kind of Christmas. So like too. the second, like I want some holiday on the oh. second, which you know, I mean something had to have happened on January 2nd throughout history, right? So well, it's just like you got to give gifts throughout it, 25th to the 2nd. I like that. Okay. Well, I mean so just the lots of days of Christmas gifts. Bingo. You know, you, everyone's... It sounds a little like Hanukkah, frankly. You're eating a lot of food. Hey, you know, the Hanukkah <laughs> folks will be 100% on board with this. <laughs> you know? It brings everyone on the same level. Everyone's anticipating the same thing, you
5: know, gifts and such. I think in the spirit of Father's Day, um, if I could add one one more holiday to the calendar, it would be uh, First Cut of the Grass Day. Um, <laughs> a day in spring. When you bring the mower out, you know first first cut of the season, maybe the maybe the the uh, that's gas is, such a Duncan answer. Maybe that is gas, a Duncan answer. Maybe the gas is spoiled. Maybe you got to clear the lines. You got to clear the. <laughs> He's car out bowl. there getting himself dirty. Yeah, you maybe got you got you to gotta put a little fuel enhancer in there in the <laughs> carburetor. You get her humming along, and um, you cut the grass. And you know what? You've earned that beer. When that's done, yeah. you've really earned that beer. Hey, hey, come unmolested back that small, cold beer. And I'm like,
3: you come back in, you're smelling like gas, and this that's the tradition.
5: Makes, that's the tradition. That's what makes it a holiday. Yeah, is you, you're given the extra time that it takes to to warm that mower back up. It's been winterized. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you get that extra time during the day. No one's gonna bother you. You're gonna work on that mower. You're gonna get it ready to go. You're gonna cut that lawn, and you're gonna sit down with a beer. That's a great.
4: I like it's that. A good holiday. I endorse you that like holiday. That? I okay. endorse that holiday. Here's mine. No brainer. I think the entirety of the listenership will immediately endorse it. The day after the Super
3: Bowl. Yeah. Oh, that is useful. The that day after
4: the Super Bowl. It's already
3: unofficial,
5: it,
4: right? You know? It, it, it is the least productive day yes. in the United States. There's not a single person who's fully on board with work the next morning. Right. You know, like, it, let's just make it official. Yeah. Right?
5: Yeah. Great with call.
4: You. Great call. Okay. All right. So, um, one other thing. <laughs> One other thing I just want to touch on, just for a second. Do you guys see this Hunter Biden painting situation?
3: Oh my God, yeah, it's, it's amazing.
4: So I mean, the guy selling artwork. What's the name of this gallery? You're the oh, what, not oh where is this it? shit? This I mean, I I saw this and I, what George imp- Burgess guy. is a French guy,
3: anyway. What impresses me is that they were like, we guarantee anonymity for buyers,
4: which is like. Okay, how is this not like... And the buyer's like, can I do the opposite?
3: Can well, I... I make sure that the Bidens know it? Well, I mean, how is this not like a money <laughs> yeah, laundering right, operation? Right. It's like, okay... If, Give me a meeting if, with the big man. If, yeah. yeah, if I'm in Bulgaria and I, I'm trying to get like an energy contract through, I'm going to buy a painting, I'm going to kick 10% up to the big man <laughs> and well, know that I'm going to be anonymous. Well, so
4: here's the what thing. What a setup. He's selling artwork for up to a million bucks. Set aside, set aside what you think of your artwork and art taste. And I haven't actually seen the artwork, so I don't know if it's
5: any good or not. Georges Berger. I'm going to say Georges Berger. I knew that I could count on the old man. <laughs> I, I, took some, I took some French. I took some French. I think it's Georges Berger.
4: I knew I could count on him. It's just so worldly. Yeah. Um. Nobody would ever mistake Hunter Biden as a classically trained naturally gifted artist of
3: our time no
4: this guy is a cocaine and hooker addict
3: right and also uh, to be, an to executive be of real. an energy company that's not an with exaggeration. no experience right. in managing energy companies No, i'm not
4: saying it can be completely mutually exclusive you can like cocaine and hookers and be a good artist i i think that but yeah. you can't go for like what is he 45 50 years old you, you can't go for 50 years of just doing the cocaine and the hookers without the art and then all of a sudden become a great artist, right? Yeah, that doesn't know. just show yeah, up. Age is but a number.
3: But, you know, he oh, has so you're his
4: saying, interests. It,
3: oh, you're going to back, uh, you're gonna gonna back, back, back here. up Wow. I didn't know. You, you didn't see gonna, this coming. Uh, like, uh, you know, a lot of folks will be shocked. Listen, you know, age is a number. He's a guy. He likes, he likes uh, Instagram influencer girls. The one that he knocked up, right, and married. Instagram influencer. All right. You know, the guy's been through a lot. Bro. Maybe, maybe he wants to sell his art to foreign adversaries of America and not have to deal with journalists being like, "Why'd you sell this like painting of a flower for two million dollars you know, you know so to funny. an Eastern
5: European <clears throat> energy company?" You know, it's so funny. <laughs> it's <laughs> gonna be so funny when the estate of some commodities trader, you know, that's doing twenty. Yeah. You know, 20 20 years in prison. Has this sucker hanging. You know, know, uh, buys (laughs) some one of these paintings and then gets a pardon in two years. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know?
3: I mean, you're going to see that.
5: Totally going to see it. All right,
4: all right. I just had to mention it because I think it's so good. Um, You'd be blind if you didn't notice the summer of violence is upon us. It is. No. You'd be blind.
5: (sighs) I know. I just I don't I don't want it. Did oh. you
4: see the joggers that yes. were shot in Atlanta? Yes. Gee. And then and in Minneapolis there was a bunch of protests because a guy who was accused of murder was a was being apprehended by U.S. marshals and was in a firefight and was killed and so now we have to protest that evidently. Yeah. And then in midst the protest uh, there became another bunch of stuff. I mean it's just like this is a summer
3: of violence. I mean what Smart you got ha- is right. I know. What, it, it, you got to go it back me to, to say it. But he was is. Right. is August 27th, 2020, Joe Biden sends out, remember, every example of violence Donald Trump decries has happened on his watch under his leadership during his presidency. Folks, this is going to be the the Biden riots are coming back the
4: Biden riots are for coming. this
3: summer of violence. There,
4: It's here. Well,
3: it related to that. 3000 unruly passenger reports are made to the FAA so far this year. 3000 and this is like with covid. Like under you know finally travel is coming back to to its levels. Like I think the FAA or the FAA said the other day we had 2 million people in airports relatively back to normal well we have 3,000
4: dude this is great. Unruly This is a passengers. great quote FAA is investigating the highest number of suspected federal law violations since it began recording unruly passenger Jeez. incidents in 1995 yeah. according to ABC that's just an incredible and I feel
5: like on the program we've we've told people like let's keep it together let's do you know I mean, we try well, our people sp-
4: are our people
5: are holding the line yeah yeah no, no, they're good
4: our, our people are the people that are trying to help these folks yeah. You know, I mean, but my these question people.
3: is, how many of these airlines have started serving coach again? I mean, what do you expect? I knew like, you the, these people; the guy's they've been cooped a up, blind spot, you know, for coach class back there. They're just crazy. Back you know, there, these are dangerous people. Back there, you know, yeah, yeah. Like Billy Zane in Titanic, <laughs> unbelievable. This is like throwing fuel on the fire. The next time you walk
4: by to your seat on an airline, and you see some guy <laughs> who's got like a everything but a headdress and and like full. Garb of, of a <laughs> sitting
3: sitting with a full plate out in front of them. That's probably smug. Hundred percent. I mean, wh- that's the thing is, I, I I think you reap what you sow, right? So so if if everyone has not been around other people, you know, in in our usual numbers for a significant amount of time, you get these people on a metal tube for hours, right? And you're gonna serve the folks in the back. Alcohol. Oh, what do you think's gonna happen? It's, just, it's, it's like Royal Rumble. It's one of your worst takes. <laughs> worst take. What of your worst, worst takes? <laughs> the
4: anti-populist mm-hmm. take. I love it. So we got to bring in Hollywood Hen to the program. Uh, this is quickly becoming one of my favorite segments. Honestly, it's probably did. our most
3: popular segment. It, like at this point, we the the fans love Hollywood Hen. They do. Let's get this segment rolling. They do. So Hen, what do we got?
0: We've got a couple great updates and I will say, I do need to give a shout out to the minions because they are very active on my Twitter timeline, especially um, when they see uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck together. They just remind me of my loss every single time that they're together and it's hilarious. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that is not what I'm here to talk about today. Uh, There is an update for you guys that I think will be of interest. Um, Tiger Woods has been seen for the first time since this horrific car accident. Um,
3: Fantastic. He was, he, he was is, spotted is he in walking?
0: LA. So he was on crutches in LA. Right. Um, he was riding in a golf cart. Um, and Oh, wait,
4: hold on. Pause on that. So he was spotted in LA.
0: Yes. So, and he's been doing his um, rehab, you know, in Florida, but he was in LA when he was getting. Well, ju- that's mm. interesting. It's paparazzi.
4: kind of interesting to me, right? Because he was injured in LA, right? Correct. Or, or yes. In California somewhere. And then I thought he went back to Jupiter, Florida. Now he's back so he's well enough to travel.
0: Well enough to travel. Um he did say, you know, he gave an inter- an interview recently where he said um his rehab from this accident has been the most painful thing he's ever experienced. Ugh. And his number 1 goal right now is walking on his own.
4: Oh my god.
0: Yeah. So it it sounds like it was really, I it mean, obviously very bad. I, I, very bad.
3: I'm rooting for him so much. No he kidding. is such a champion. Total goat. Such a champion. Like that documentary that HBO had on him made me respect him even more. So much more.
5: Dude, America roots for Tiger. I I, I remember um, I was in New York with my wife in uh, 2019 for that master's we were actually up there for like a baby moon you know before my wife was very very pregnant at the mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. you know and we were hanging out around you know central park and stuff and doing tourist things and it was that master's sunday and i'll never forget um, how many people were in the in the street making a beeline to the bar yeah. oh yeah totally. you know everyone was making a beeline trying to find a tv because Master you know Master's Sunday. He's going to show up in Tiger red. right Tigers making a Sunday tra- tiger. A charge and everyone in that bar was rooting for him. It was just you know I think everyone is rooting for him to come back again.
4: And yeah. you like and smug you like his Danny's game, don't you?
3: That's the thing is, is you know what's really heartbreaking like this guy it's like an endless tragedy and he continues to overcome His wife tries to ruin his life. He continues to overcome. He has injuries. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, 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 what'd you say there?
3: The take is, so, I mean, it's not even a take. His wife tries to ruin his life. The guy, guy is
0: the, the Swedish model. Or yeah.
3: whoever at the time so he's at the top at of his game time. right this is this is cheating when, on his wife no, yeah the, he's,
0: no. he's cheating on his wife but somehow no it's so so she
3: attacks the car he's in with like a golf club right <laughs> Come on. this is like the start of all the problems like we had tiger who was just like an endless winner endless winner the guy's gonna break the record without a doubt he was winning like you know three majors a year and then she flips out <laughs> and attacks his car with a golf club like the the, the You know, uh, you know, a lot of people say the most difficult decision, the most important decision a man makes in his life is his choice in a wife. Right. And it breaks my heart like he thought he had it and then she just ruins him and he's never been the same. The thing is is that like, I don't think any normal man would be able to come back from what he has come back from and accomplished after that attack that attack
0: that attack, it was an
3: attack. It,
0: but still he rises of his it was of his own, still it was his own doing
3: the guy drives so hard he was tearing his body apart that was like, the he beginning is by that the way incredible. that was the beginning of the rehab
4: when we, we were talking about like how you go about putting yourself back together after a public scandal and uh, someone's like I'm going to rehab his was like the the sex rehab camp
3: i mean it, you know what i hope he got his help that he needed
1: there's no,
3: uh, there's he, no chance he's recovering. He's one of these of guys heart. who's like in a Denny's or Perkins waitresses. But hey, you know, like y- 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 you know, marriage is a give and take. The guy's got what a place on Jupiter Island. She's winning three <laughs> majors a year. He's giving you two beautiful, uh, a couple beautiful kids. One at least, you know, I don't know how many. And then she's like, you know what? Two. Let's just ruin this guy's. You life. think he earned it? Cheating I, on
0: her. I, basically. I, I, it's just unbelievable smug. Unbelievable. She, she may
4: have lacked the understanding that to be department. cheated on. Yeah, that he was sleeping with basically everyone around him. Uh, unbelievable. But but he is the goat. I'm in Tigers uh camp forever. I, I wish yeah, him so, well.
0: So here's the question for you all. Do you th- okay, let me just so let me just give you a quick rundown of his injuries and then I want to ask if you think he can make a full recovery. So open oh. fractures affecting his tibia and fibia, injuries to his foot and ankle, trauma to the muscle and soft tissues of the leg that required surgical release to relieve the yeah, pressure. Yeah, it was
4: compound. It, yeah. The sucker came out of his leg. Yeah, he he
0: was knocked it. unconscious, laceration to his jaw, bruised ribs, fractured, just a right angle injury, everything. Do you think that he will be able to actually come back and then play again? Well,
5: Is this was his right leg? Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, so Better I, than the left. If, if you're a right-handed golfer, <clears throat> and the problem that he had in his knee yeah, was he, he was swinging so hard, and, and to make that turn and to release your hips through the swing, that left knee was he like nothing, so there. much nothing torque. Left. Uh, so, so there's a little, there's a little less stress on the back leg of the swing. That being said, a compound fracture yeah, is a especially at his age is is is, is, is I think impossible. There's
4: one thing you don't
3: do though, and it's bad against Tiger. That's bones. my thing. Is Look, I, I get it, and that's why America other loves human. him. Every other human, no chance. Right. But this is such a driven man. Yes. In such every, a driven guy. In every regard, he strives. Right. Right. Oh but gosh. In, an uh,
5: and that's what champion. America loves. America loves a tragic hero, like somebody who's flawed, you know, who who has faults, but is incredibly totally driven and totally. ambitious. Those ambitions come with a dark side, unfortunately. But that's why we also root for them. And, and
3: that's the thing, like I, you know, when you mentioned the, that Masters when he won that, you know, hugs his son. What a moment! Coming back from 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 you know his wife essentially attacked, attacked
0: not, him, still doing yeah, the best part, all his money. No, just know.
3: Right. Throws so, him out of his mindset. And he's like, you know what? By I am wife. still going to come back from this. Yeah, because he loves his family. He's going to have his son on the Masters, watch him win.
0: He that's, loves his it, family so much. He cheated on their mother. so much. That's just that. Yeah, like, reeks or, of love.
4: Ordering yeah. the Grand Slam on a regular basis. What else? <laughs> what else we do
0: we have here oh my gosh well anyway so for all of our listeners t- tiger is making somewhat of you know a comeback God in blessing. progress that's that's the update there um and it's good to see him out and about um okay the second story that's really really all over the place is more of this chrissy teigen story um this lady. so yeah so chrissy teigen married to john legend you know, a model, a host, all this. We have we discussed it once before on the program. Um, but she has really uh, gotten into hot water over the tweets that she had sent people previously. Um, she had slid into people's DMs and said horrible things to other celebrities, um, including, you know, you might as well be dead, all of these other things that really obviously negatively affected these other people. And she got in hot water People canceled her. She wrote a huge apology on Medium the other day saying, you know, I'm a horrible person. I take full responsibility. This has been a learning experience, blah, blah, blah. But the newest update is that she wants to have a Meghan Markle, Oprah-style interview to salvage her reputation.
3: Oh, come on.
0: So she's being advised to go into hiding and lay Incredible. low. But Chrissy is in talks with Oprah to do a Meghan Markle sit-down type interview and tell her truth. Chrissy is a fighter and believes that she's such an excellent communicator that there isn't a mess she can't talk her way out of. I mean,
4: can, it, we, can we, hold on, hold on. Before we get into like the Chrissy Teigen part of this. What about the Meghan Markle interview with Oprah? Does anyone think went
0: well?
5: Yeah, right. Like
4: this
0: That's is a model. What my, That was my this first takeaway. It's a the model
5: old,
4: to emulate.
3: I mean, it's right. literally the worst interview I've ever seen anyone give ever. Like they, they, knew, they knew, what's his name? Tulpa's deathbed. Yeah. And they still went with it because and, I mean, they wanted, that, they wanted a podcast.
0: I would argue. <laughs> they wanted I would a argue. Spotify
3: contract, like throw the old man in his grave. Let's get that Spotify money. <laughs>
0: I think that I think that interview with Oprah only hurt their reputation. I don't know that it helped. I mean, no it one. didn't do one bit of good for them. So why Chrissy thinks this is going to be good for her, I have no idea.
5: You know what I love about it is is you know, there's a lot of talk in our culture these days about privilege. There's no greater privilege in American pop culture than being, you know, a, a brain dead resistance lib who who has the privilege of of getting the reputation salvaged by somebody like Oprah. You know, I mean right. like imagine a scenario where somebody who's a conservative would be given that some sort of platform to salvage their reputation. No, it would never, ever, ever happen. And this is somebody No, they're run out they don't even need to do anything <laughs> wrong. Right. You know. Right. Maybe this is somebody who 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 built their entire, you know, Twitter timeline attacking Republicans and being holier than now. And yep. then, you know, at the same time sliding into people's DMs and saying, you know, I wish you What did she say? She was like, "You might as well kill yourself. You might as well be dead. You might as well be dead. Your Your career career is over.
0: over. Just watch." Yeah. What
5: an absolute ghoul! Absolute complete ghoul! And and to think to think that you're entitled to have your reputation salvaged, not only salvaged that you deserve a platform like Oprah to do so yeah. is such an incredible amount of privilege that only you could get if you were a liberal in Hollywood.
3: So, there are so many victims in this. Like, you know, that guy that she ruined. I mean, like, this this was especially, you know, essentially a sport for her. Right. Let's find someone, right. ruin their life on Twitter, you know, make them feel like they're absolute trash, try to end their career. You know who, who is another victim? It's John Legend. Imagine having to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Again, he's like okay. Yes. Again, he's
4: like let's 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 you know. He's like here I am with my beautiful voice. <laughs> I mean,
3: and, and the guy's like you know he's it's insanely he's, smart. He's like a graduate of some some Ivy League yeah. grad, right? And uh, you know, great guy. I mean, he's got a voice. The just guy calmly play, playing right? the piano in the corner. He he comes home and she's he's like hey you know what's happening we got kids let's hang out and she's 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 on her phone right. just like oh, ruining sorry. lives.
5: I got canceled. I canceled a bunch he, of. People. He's like
0: what. Just stirring up shit. So he, so he retweeted her apology or reposted on Instagram and you know, quote tweeted it and said, "We're all better than our worst mistakes." You know, one of those. And he gets asked about it. It's Harry. It's just like Harry. It
3: is. Yeah, yeah. it is. He should. You know what? Let her go, dude. Let her go. You can do better. You don't have to deal with this.
0: People are turning on him on Twitter because they're they're like, you know what? How could you be married? To some- they're like, How could you be married to someone so mean? They knew that he knew that she was mean this entire time. It's not like her personality came out of nowhere. She's just like, Well, you can't let caught. this
3: affect him. He's gonna have to cut her loose. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he's a nice guy. I mean the guy he he does he puts out great music. The guy can play. He, he, now you know. he's
0: getting now he's getting asked about it. He was just out and about in LA or somewhere recently. And every single question from the paparazzi was about Chrissy Teigen. And he was like, she's doing great. Don't worry, guys.
3: What a nightmare. (laughs) I mean, that's like a rule of thumb, you know, if everyone's asking about who you're with, it's time to cut them loose. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about that, but it is going to, it is, it is ruining his reputation for better (laughs) or for worse. So.
4: Unabashed, pro man
3: takes today are so no. I mean, bad. you know, it, it could go so both hot. ways, anyways. You know, so,
5: such hot take,
3: <laughs> John Legend. He can do better. I know, uh, you know, it's a high likelihood he's a listener. The way we're putting up numbers, like statistically, <laughs> there's a chance he's listening. John, I wonder if he'd he can do better. Chrissy's causing problems, you know. Y- y- you deserve better, Miguel, That's but like
0: hot. she's always been this way, and so he's he must, he must have liked something about that. This whole for the past however long they've been married, she's yeah. been a jerk the whole time.
4: Oh, here, so here, my again, we go. Like, what fascinates each of us is obviously very different. Uh, what, but what fascinates me about her and her statements and how she's tried to rehab is the rehab. It's the same thing with Tubin, right? You yep. go to the soup yep. kitchen, yep. And it's like, oh, now don't worry about me masturbating in front of colleagues. I'm in the soup kitchen. It's like I don't, I totally understand the connection. But okay, Jeffrey, thanks for your help. <laughs> this she says she's gone to all this therapy. Yeah. And like, I've always been a firm believer that like you can teach smart people anything, but you can't teach somebody not to be an asshole. That's, that's a, right.
0: That's, that's a great right. Point. It's, right. It's inherent in her core.
4: You yeah. can't unscrew that light bulb. Like mm-hmm. she, if you're a jerk, like she's been a jerk, that's, that's just who she is. It
0: right? is who she is. It is who she is, which is why did he marry her? Because I would argue he could have gotten anybody. Yeah. I don't know what made her so special.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think Connie is another prime example. You know, if you're married to someone who's just He's like endless get, problems, attack another woman. always giving you <laughs> <Yeah>. trouble. <laughs> Unbelievable. Listen, find yourself a Russian supermodel. This isn't, this isn't calculus. Well, he, You know, he, you he know what I was
0: wondering? Hey, you know what I was wondering about that? You think Arena and Kanye line up politically?
3: I guarantee Because it. one of the reasons oh. why he
0: had an issue with Kim was that they were kind of diverging politically. And I yeah. wonder if Arena's is like a secret repub.
3: Yeah, she, she, she strikes me as like very much, you know, God and country. And I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him. He's he's done with that madness. I I really think it's like not just like a you know it's gonna be it's gonna be endless endless DGF dude victories this summer. You're seeing it with Ben Affleck, you know, it, you know John Legend joined the trend. You know once Tiger you have words now one, out and about, bingo. Once you have three, it's a trend. It's gonna be either Tiger or it's gonna be John Legend. Jump in, let's get that hat trick. <laughs> okay, and um, unless you have another man that needs help, I
4: think we're. <laughs> We're probably done with the Hollywood segment. All right. Let me skip ahead because I want to get to something that's really important here. We've talked about this consistently about the red wave is coming, right? Nobody wants to listen to us. There are very few in the political reporting or analyst committee who want to even, I guess, accept the fact that we know what we're talking about here. They
3: don't want to face the facts.
4: At all. No, no. So you're going to read a lot about how like, oh, the suburbans are still pissed off about January 6th, January 6th and January 6th and January 6th and January 6th. But like the reality is, is that America has moved on here and they're concerned about the economy. They're concerned about what the Biden administration is doing and a whole bunch of different. They're concerned, frankly, that prices for everything inflation, are about 10 right? times I, as much. I inflation. mean,
3: this is the disconnect between our media class, especially like mm. CNN folks who have seen their their ratings beyond like cut in half yeah right who are trying to push this agenda that we've told our folks don't take the bait they they want to talk about the past they wish they could get ratings that they did under trump right they're, they're trying to push an agenda that's you know it's over We were, we're in June of 2021 and they wish they could relive the past they don't want to deal with the present and the fact is the conservative base is activated. They're out there. We are winning races. So we don't need to
4: talk about the bullshit polls that the yeah. media puts out every once in a while. We'll actually talk about voting results, which is what we've done almost every week on the program. There was a special election in
3: Georgia. Yeah. Uh, so so there are two special elections, and neither, neither was good news for Dems. Uh, the Dem got 14%. Biden got 25%. Meanwhile, Republicans, uh, you know, I want to make sure I pronounce this correctly, Devon Seabog pulls 45 percent. Yeah. I mean, the point is the point is, is that
4: Republicans are significantly overperforming consistently Mm -hmm. overperforming in every single race, no matter whether it is a congressional special election, a school board race, state house race, which is this case. You've seen it over and over and over again, and you would not get this information if you
3: weren't listening to the Ruthless Variety Program. And what's very important here and and very significant is this is not just based on—I mean, because the media won't tell you the story. This is not just based on messaging. This is based on results. So 17 of the top 20 states for jobs recovered from uh, from the pandemic are led by Republican governors. Uh. The top 12— all Republican governors. Let's go. Let's go.
4: Well, you know, you listen to this program. I mean, look, impressive as hell. Greg Abbott. Yeah, we were impressive him on. as hell. Gianforte, Gianforte, the king. I mean, that guy was that guy was hugely
3: solid. Utah, I mean, Utah,
5: and Idaho now have more jobs than before the pandemic hit that's incredible Both of those are republican states incredible and the thing that's really important to remember about about these election results that we're talking about today it's in georgia it's in georgia mm-hmm. this is ground zero mm-hmm. for the tipping point mm-hmm. of how we win back the majority in the house and the senate
4: yep that's right that's right important stuff all right look we have a ton of we could do this for like three more hours but we got to play a game we got to play a game
3: we Let's have to go. give the people what they want
4: We gotta play a game. Let's get to it. King
5: of the Hill. All right, all right. Let's go.
4: I've got the defending
5: champion. So you have you have Matt Dowd,
4: Matthew
3: Mailpattern,
5: and he has been the champion here for a number of weeks. Who are you bringing to the table here?
3: I am bringing. Tom Nichols. Radio Free Tom. Wow. An expert among experts. I think he's a good fit with you. Like I feel like I have a nice
4: fit with Dowd. I've carried an awful lot. I think he's the winningest King of the Hill participant. I oh, feel like yes. I have a nice bond with him. I feel like your bond with Radio Free Tom is, is a worthy I adversary. I mean, his tweets
3: irk me so much. Alright, so so let's go. What do we
5: do? Let's go ringside. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, yours attention please welcome back to King of the Hill in
3: the red corner hiding out of the Harvard Extension Campus standing
5: five feet nine inches tall Tom Radio Free
3: And now, in the blue corner, hiding out of his own Twitter account, standing high feet seven inches tall and current. Champion of the world, a Matthew male pattern, Dowd.
4: Oh, I just love that. It's so good. I just love that.
5: Uh, I suppose are, I have to go first. You do. You have to go first in the first round of the third. So let's hear it from Matthew Dowd.
4: I'm going to just start with uh, a nice what I what I would. I would classify as just a a direct hit. Uh, This comes in a reply to Jonah Goldberg, uh, who's kind of funny, uh, but, but this is the reply that Matt Dowd provides. Our politics will only be detoxified if the GOP as it is currently constituted is gone.
5: That's it. Wow. That's it detoxified detoxified is gone smug what do you got for us
3: oh i want so i i have a lot of ammo i have a lot of ammo
5: but this is the strategy of king of the hill yeah yeah you go tweet for tweet you got to pick a tweet that
3: so what wh- one thing about about uh tom nichols is he has such a disdain for the common man. For the common man. Like yep. nothing makes him more angry than yeah. working class people. Totally. Like that's that's what's which,
5: which is which is why you He's a nice fit. Which is a nice fit because you a nice fit. You, <laughs> it's a nice you fit. Know, I mean, it's with a, your exact attacks opposite. on people in you know in, in, in code. So, <laughs> you know?
3: So 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 Tom Nichols tweets out uh, perhaps we should dispatch yet another reporter to yet another diner. To ask yet another old man in a red hat why sedition and racism aren't so bad if the only alternative is a commie like Joe Biden.
5: Wow, is He he? He I mean, having he just put it out there. It's good. Mm. Holmes, Holmes, can you read yours one more time?
4: I sure can. So uh, this isn't a reply to Jonah Goldberg where they're talking about. Uh, uh, owning the Trumpies, or you know, yeah. Goldberg is, is essentially bad mouthing Dowd because you know Dowd has just become a full blown lib. Right, where he used to push pro- conservative propaganda as part of the Bush campaign and everything else. Um, he says our politics will only be detoxified if the GOP, as it is currently constituted, is gone. Hmm. So. I, the way you think about it is that that means that, like, the only thing that is toxic in politics, it's it's certainly not AOC, it's it's not Black I mean, that's Lives Matter, it's not take. that's the most generic the, take. The, the the toxifying pieces of our national discourse that are contributing to our mm-hmm. problem, it's just the Republican Party. Right? Anyone anyone at the Lincoln
3: Project could drop that. There is like a dozen, you know, like brainworm libs who could drop that, but for this guy to be like, hold up. If you're a diner, old man, wearing a red hat, for God's sake, you're the enemy of the state. (laughs) This
5: is my favorite part of the game, where there's sort of closing arguments Mm -hmm. between each round. And the the thing I, I, I really like about Smug's tweet here, and for our listeners who don't know what he's referencing there, what he's referencing is that after... Donald Trump was elected president, there are a lot of reporters who tried to understand who is the Trump base, mm-hmm. who are these voters, you know, why were they angry with politics as usual, and that, in that term, you know, interviewing, you know, white men in diners became sort of a catch-all for, you know, a way, a pejorative way of looking down on these voters as, as if there's some, somehow, some, you know, subspecies, some, some animal to be, yeah. you know, investigated in a zoo, which is of course completely offensive. But the fact that he mentions it in that tweet, I enjoy because it's an indictment, not just of politics, but of the media. And for that round one goes Let's to go. School. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. I thought I I his like reasoned analysis. I, re- I reasoned it. Reasoned analysis. Yeah. Okay,
4: well then I'm gonna have to bring out the big guns here. <laughs> go for him. You, well, you don't he, go first. No, don't no, you? I mean, he's a Oh if yeah, yeah, he wants to say. Look, me. he
5: tried to let you go first. Yeah, no, no, I know he's gaming. I, he's gaming it. Okay. Smart. I just like that he knows this game. You know, demo journalist yeah, nice doesn't know the, the rules. rules. Yeah, I know at the least the rules, Yeah, folks. yeah, yeah. This is. I,
3: I think this encapsulates. He's going for Radio Free Tom so much, so much. June 10th. Nichols. It feels blissfully normal to be on Amtrak, and to be as ever, bitched out about the non-existent Wi-Fi and the loud jerk talking behind me into his phone. How relatable! Right, oh folks? man, that's tough. <laughs> <I>
1: mean, <laughs> Holy shit! This is like Tom Joe Like
3: <laughs> this is this is you know a representative of the people. He knows the people's voice. He's on that Amtrak, and the Wi-Fi is not fast enough for Tom Nichols. I I,
4: I, I, ha- I have to bring out the big gun because I got to put that one down in order okay. to survive. Okay, so Matt Dow, this is June sixteenth, six fifty one a.m. Bright and early. Wow, he's really right, bright and early. today. In eighteen fifty eight, Lincoln gives his House divided speech. Quote. A house divided against itself cannot stand. I believe this government cannot endure permanently half-slave and half-free. It will become all one thing or all the other.
3: This is true for our democracy as well. (laughs) Dude, second round knockout. I won that. I won that. Are you kidding (laughs) me? Totally. That
5: is... That is, that is nuclear. That is nuclear in a way that I haven't seen in a long time. You know, um, uh, so, so two things. So n- number one, Smug's tweet. What I love about it is the juxtaposition between the first tweet where he's putting down these Trump voters and diners and how their opinions don't matter. And then this tweet is a Sella corridor brainworm media take. About, you know, this is back to normal. It's wow. a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a great. lifestyle. <laughs> it's, yeah. so great. it's so great. The <laughs> thing I love about Dowd, and we, I think we've mentioned this previously on the program, is that he's got a couple different levels yeah, with it's... his tweets. So, I mean, Jen Rubin, fantastic. brainworms, Like, rock star. Uh, Dowd has s- so much more variety. Range. Yeah, it's a lot of range. Yeah. When he does these h- historical oh, tweets. It's, it's,
4: it's theatrical. It's
5: theatrical. And, he's, you know, he's just this neutral observer who's telling you the history of how things went. But, like, that is just this absurd. This is true
4: of our democracy as well. Right now. This is a house divide. We're talking about slavery. Right. In 1858, one of the most famous speeches ever given in American history. This is true of, of our democracy as well. <laughs> as if that's what we're going through. <laughs>
3: That's
5: a win. That's a win for Holmes. (laughs) Okay. One to one. (laughs) All right.
3: I got, I got, I got fire. I got got fire. fire. Okay. Well,
4: I, I I have something here too. And I debated not including it because it's, it's just so in my view, the context of it is so offensive. He must've been on a racial week. It was A racial
3: r- week racial week for down yeah
4: he must have been i uh, the only thing i can think of is that he was super infatuated with the debate over critical race theory which is just like been omnipresent on the left mm-hmm. this week if you right. notice, this week for the first time the left has sort of like oh, galvanized they so mad they in called out they galvanized so in response called out. to critical race theory and mm-hmm. so they're like putting you saw brandy what the hell's her last name
3: perovsky so Zadrosny it's part of NBC's team that ostensibly investigates disinformation, but Ah. their job is to push to create disinformation. disinformation. Yeah. Yeah. So they all
4: kind of like you can tell there must be like a journal listserv on this because all of a sudden they all come out of the woodwork and and now it's like the time to push back Uh on the critical race theory complaints so here's matt doubt of course right leading the way if we aren't teaching about history of racism in america then we aren't teaching factual history for decades we have not been teaching kids the actual history of america and all that includes it is time we teach every part of our history now here is what where i think this is like the craziest statement of all time in and of itself that's sort of like fine is anyone listening to this program anyone had an education anywhere in this country that has not taught about the racial history of slavery, of the Civil Rights Movement, of Reconstruction, of, of all of the injustices that have been done to African Americans across this country for generations? Like, is there any human being? That has not had an education It's the most in that?
5: fascinating thing about their critique of critical race theory on the left is they say, you know, you can't even define it because it's not a real thing. All of this is fake outrage. I can't define si- it.
3: It's, it's, it's neo-racism. Is what it is. That's what right. it is. It's it's child is abuse. neo-racism. You're, you're
5: going to go and you're going to tell a bunch of kids that are either oppressors or they're victims in yeah. their culture, and also their school is racist because white people are in control of it. Right. I mean, that's the shit that they're saying to our that kids. Is. But. They say it's not real, and they say, "Oh, also, we're not teaching racial history in America. We haven't." So, that, so it's either
4: real or it's not real. The, like, like the implication here is that, like, if you were in my
5: generation, you never heard Martin Luther King. Right, right. You didn't learn about the March on Selma. <laughs> you know, you didn't learn about Reconstruction. You didn't learn, learn about the Civil War or Lincoln, the slaves or Juneteenth. But or I mean, that's any what of that. he's saying. That's
3: right. literally. Oh, I got it. Right.
4: What he's saying. I, I <laughs>
5: what's fascinating is 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 in order to push their agenda they have to create the most obscure ridiculous straw yeah, man right it's just they they create this fiction that occurs
4: right 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 that it's just like a, a hero white man that and, is just- and
5: then they say at the same time critical race theory isn't a thing that's actually happening but if you talk to any parent who has spent the last year on fucking zoom right seeing their kids have to go through this bullshit and seeing the handouts that they get it's real. I'm sorry. Critical race theory is a thing that's actually happening in this country. It's happening. And we went from a discussion of police brutality against African-Americans, which is a thing that is real. That happened. We went from that to a discussion of your school is white supremacist. You that are white you, supremacist. you, as a white person, are racist to your core. Irredeemably racist as a society. And also your kid—
4: who is just as innocent as the driven snow. It's like it's is culpable. also a racist. It's like Calvin is ultimately
3: culpable.
5: Neo racism. It's intergenerational racial guilt. For, here's for the children. Thing. For children. I, I got
3: this. And I still have it. Okay. Like Tom Nichols is is I mean, the guy's a gem for awful takes. Let's see what he's got. But he really like the, even this discussion we've just had, he distills it completely. Oh. He tells you what the game is. On June 15th, Tom Nichols, he's responding to Joe Walsh. Doesn't matter even what Joe Walsh says because Tom Nichols straight up <laughs> lets you know what he's about. He says, Joe, I respect what you try to do out there, but I don't see that it got any traction with the people we're talking about. People who are good and decent to their families and friends can also be horrendously bad citizens. Listen, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you can be a good individual in your community, to your family, and your friends, but if you're not checking off the list that the left comes up with, you know, every couple weeks, you're still an awful human being, (laughs) irredeemable, (laughs) burning the fires of hell. I don't know. I feel like Dalton may have survived.
4: What do we got here?
3: uh, This is the indictment. Like, he he does speak to it. Doubt sees a piece of it. He distills it. Tom Nichols has said it straight up. It doesn't matter if you're good to your family, friends, and community. If you don't toe the line on what we demand, you're an awful human.
5: So, I don't know if you guys saw this, Um, but Tom Hanks put up this. Um, op-ed or something? He got canceled. It was about the Tulsa massacre and how we should we should learn more about um, you know racial history yeah. in this country. Which you know, sure, it's yeah. a great great point. Great point. You know, there's there's obviously things in the past that America.
4: Yeah, if you don't know about the Tulsa massacre, you should learn about
5: learn it. learn about it. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> the response from the left was. Uh, and somebody put up an article about it saying Tom Hanks is a non racist. That's not good enough. He needs to be an anti racist. He enough. needs to accept that's the he game needs dude. To accept that he as a white man who has been in Hollywood and starred in movies has has centered whiteness in culture. He's a bad guy. This thing He's is never
3: th- enough. He's this is not guy. about ideology. This if, is about submission. If you can hate submission. Tom Hanks, you got, to, you got right. To hate. Yeah, it's not about ideology. It's about submission.
5: So, on a straight reading of the tweets, I think Holmes would win. On the implications mm-hmm. of the tweet, mm-hmm. I got to give it to Smile. Oh, it wins! Boom. Wow, that's huge. Oh, I didn't see that huge coming. Huge win. So, so so this is
3: this is honestly like, you know, a historic victory for Tom Nichols.
5: Uh, yeah, down to goes the Kings. Yeah.
3: Dowd has been on such a tear. We were discussing, you know, options about like, we Do have we some retire his jersey? Yeah, retiring the jersey and such. I think we may have wow. I think we may have solved the problem inadvertently.
4: Yeah. Well,
3: look at great game. Yeah. Great game. I, I appreciate the full episode. This has been terrific. This thing is, Beyond Great Game, great episode. We've been on a tear, honestly, it's a good... with our guests, with our numbers. Folks, we thank you so much for listening. Everyone, everyone out there, do me a favor. Tell a friend about the show. Our numbers are blowing up, so we're bringing the people what they want. Tell a buddy. Get them to subscribe. And so, well, you know what? I think the people deserve a bonus. Let's give, them, let's give them an extra episode this
5: week. Oh, you want to do that? Yeah, you know what? Oh, an extra episode. I mean,
3: you know, our our numbers have been so great. Our folks are so supportive. Let's give them one more. Let's give them a Friday episode. Okay. How about that? Okay. We okay. in? Okay. We in? We're right. in. Let's, On the fly, I commit. Let's go. So, until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the lips. We'll see you on Friday. Stay ruthless.